it's it's the Boston broadcast, and it's, oh god, Tom, it's uh, no oh, god. One of the guys, I gotta find. I want to find the quote because I heard him say it, and he was like, they talk. He's like, so I saw Aaron Baines in the shower. I saw, I saw that on Twitter a little <laughs> while ago. That is crazy. And he is. <laughs> let me tell you, he is all of Australia. That's a weird, that's a weird <laughs> thing to say. Hey, John, what channel did you play the Hornets game is on? (laughs) It's on NBA TV, Brad. Sweet. This is Brian, and I'm joined by my fabulous co-hosts, Brad and John, who are very good at letting me speak when I need to speak. How are you guys doing tonight? Much better now. So, the Panthers just beat the Patriots 33-30 after... They haven't scored more than, what, 18 points over the last three weeks? Oh, we scored at, 23. At most? We scored 23 against Oh, yeah, San they Francisco. did score 23 against the Niners. That's right. I mean, that's they an definitely impressive could have feat. definitely more, though. Very impressive feat, uh, scoring 23 points on the San Francisco 49ers, though. <laughs> that's, that's a world beater right there. Yeah. Um, so, mean, yeah, it seemed like it seemed like Cam came out. He was looking good. Yeah. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? I'll, I'll start with you, John, since you were talking and I rudely interrupted you, like you guys do to me all the time when I start <laughs> so my okay. podcast. So. It's okay. Yeah. Every, it, we're just, it's an open mic policy. You speak when you want to speak. It doesn't matter if anybody else is talking. Exactly. Um, obviously, it's, it's very exciting to see uh, the team do so well on offense. And I, I'm still, like, I, I have no, I don't really have any thoughts on the defense. I thought the defense played about as exactly as well as we expected them to. Um, in terms of like, yeah, Tom Brady's going to get some yards, he's going to get some points, but we held them to a pretty decent third down percentage and all that stuff. Offensively, I I'm excited more because I think it'll be a confidence booster more than the actual output we saw. If that makes yeah, sense. I agree. No, it does because uh, in 2015, you know, the offense was wasn't overly impressive throughout the first few weeks, but they. Towards like the middle beginning or middle of the season, end of the season, they were playing like a top offense, and they were playing on an emotional high. Like we all know that that 2015 squad was playing above their heads, but they were just confident. They had swag, and I think that this game was what's gonna. If any game is going to trigger that again, it's gonna be this one. Yeah, get our swag back. The defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah, exactly. You get the swagger back in there. Especially uh, important for Cam, because he seems to, more than almost any other player that I know of, really, really rely on his confidence. Like, he, he can look like two totally different players if he's playing with confidence and if he's playing, if he's thinking too much. Exactly. Yeah, even like, it's it's kind of like the version of him that's like gimpy Cam that we like to refer to, where it's like, you can just tell he's not all with it yeah. on the field sometimes, but he looks like himself for the first time in a while. On Sunday. That was good to see. Yeah. So, Brad, give us your thoughts. 
Well, I thought it was good that we won. Um, <laughs> really, uh, eh, that could be argued. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I disagree. Yeah, I'm, I was on the fence on that side on that side of the argument. Yeah, I, you know, I, I thought it was what you kids call pretty good. So, um, <laughs> what I to <laughs> yeah to um, to expand on the the Cam Newton point, I think it's important that we continue letting him just be himself. You know. Um, Darren Gant likes to say this all the time, and it's true. It's not that hard. You know, you have a dual-threat quarterback. Let him be a dual-threat quarterback. And Shocking idea. Yeah, I know. It's, you know, uh, if you have a dog, don't train it to be a cat. Um, you know, it, it's not that hard to figure out. Um, How would you do that? I, I don't know. <laughs> you should try. I will. Um, you actually have a dog and a cat. Yeah, so you, could probably, you could like, oh, that's my dog. No, that's your cat. No, that's my dog. Um, uh, yeah. Continue. I'll teach the cat uh, how to but, do tricks, and the dog will just like lay around and meow at me all the time. Yeah. Hey, I think that would be cool. Um, but no, you know, with with Cam, it, we we saw what he can do, and it. It makes no sense to me why he why we weren't just letting him do that all along. I, I never really bought into the Cam's not going to run that much. Cam's not going to do this. Cam's not going to do that. That's not the way he he plays the game, you know. And I know that that New England is pretty bad on defense, and it cannot be argued that they're not, despite what any Patriots fan will tell you. I think every Patriots um, fan now that their defense is bad. I, I hope so, um, you know, because it, it's pretty obvious now that they're they're really bad. And But I, I don't care about that. It was encouraging to see that we score touchdowns, you know. I mean, we finally get down into the red zone and, and put the ball in, 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 the, in the end zone. And it was nice to see that for a change instead of, well, here's another field goal. You know, here's another field goal. We, uh... uh it, it was just nice. Like triple or doubled our touchdown total on the year because we scored three yeah, yesterday it, and we are yeah three on Sunday and yeah. three in the first three games combined. So yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that, that's pretty bad. Good, that. You know, <laughs> you know, Brad, you bring up a really good point about like letting well, Cam you. be Cam. I know as rare as it goes. Um, so it I we kind of know we know what Cam Newton is at this point in his career. Like there is no you're not gonna change him. He's not going to be like Donovan McNabb, where after he was MCL or ACL or whatever happened to him, and he became more of a pocket passer. Like Cam is more, is the most comfortable when he's playing his version of football, which is him running the ball six, seven, eight times a game, down the tackles, throwing the ball deep. Like he's just not going to be the guy like Tom Brady or Sam Bradford, where throw where like they're going to throw the ball several times within the five yard within five yards in the line of scrimmage and do well. He's just not that quarterback. And it's too late in his career for you to look at him and say, hey, maybe we change him so that he can protect himself. Like at this point, we're gonna have to live with the the good and bad of what Cam Newton brings to the table. Cam's gonna get hurt. He's gonna get hit. That's just what that's what's gonna happen because he is best at throwing the ball down the field. In order to throw the ball down the field, you have to stand in the pocket. So I think at this point we just have to accept, like, you know, Cam is who he is. We're going to have to deal with whatever mileage we get out of it. And it's just, you know, there's, there's no changing it. Like, like I, I get the idea of moving the offense towards more of a quick passing offense and 
protecting Cam, but you're not going to be successful doing that. And it's tough because it's not going to it's not going to prolong his career to be that way. But he's not going to be successful playing in that offense. I don't know what you guys think of that, but that's I what I've gathered after watching four weeks of football. Well, I think we talked about it. I think Brad and I had a discussion somewhere about this, where like you have to choose between five years of unstoppable Cam or eight years of good Cam. Yeah, and I would much I would much rather take the unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. The the five years of unstoppable cam gives you an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. You know, we could have another 2015 year with with an unstoppable cam. Uh, good cam. We're fighting for 10 and six in the wild card spot. And, you know, that's not really good enough. Yeah, we're hoping uh, for... we drafted him number one overall. We should we should have unstoppable cam as long as we can. Yeah, and then with, with good cam, we're hoping we have good offensive line play and no injuries and the defense is stellar and all that stuff. Every there a lot more has to fall into place because unstoppable game covers a lot of deficiencies that. Throw yeah, and as them. we've seen already this year, you know it's not going to happen where we don't have injuries every freaking where um, because we're already down a Pro Bowl center, a Pro Bowl tight end, a team captain on defense. Um, we lost Demir Bird. You know, he has a broken arm. Um, Bretton Burston's coming back, baby. Bretton Burston's probably coming back, though, so the season will be saved, you know. Yep. So. Just waiting for that but, opportunity. You know, he, he's been sitting at home right by the phone waiting for it to ring. <laughs> I just picture Bretton Burston he, with, like, a scraggly, pale, blonde beard has an, and his hair, like, down <laughs> his shoulders, just staring at a landline phone, waiting for a phone call from the Carolina Panthers. Has all the curtains down, yeah. like it's completely dark in his house. He's, he's like, I won't be sunshine until I'm a Carolina he's, Panther He's again. somehow gotten even paler since we last seen him. I mean, having all those curtains down, <laughs> you're not going to get much of a tan. That's you what know? I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you brought, up, you brought up the injuries, and yeah, that's definitely something we should talk about. So it seems like Trey Turner's going to be okay. Um Ryan Khalil, we don't really know the time frame on his injury because playing in the NFL with a bad neck when you have to look up and down all the time is definitely a bad thing. Um, obviously, Kurt Coleman's going to be out for about a month with his uh, MCL sprain, which is actually good news because it could have been worse with him. Um, I think Worley will be back soon, but I was really impressed with the depth that came out and played on Sunday. Um, I didn't really see anything where I looked at Kevon Seymour and was like, oh, that Kevon Seymour, he's just some scrub backup. Like, I didn't see any plays where I thought he was, you know, overly out of position or overplaying himself. And I know the other safety, Cox, I think it's Demetrius Cox. Mm -hmm. I didn't really notice a drop off there in pass cover either. I mean, like the defense in general was getting lit up by Tom Brady, but he does that to most defenses. So... What are you guys' thoughts on the injuries right now? I'm... Well, one thing first, uh, the reason we didn't see much of um, Kevon Seymour is because Brady attacked the middle of the field. Uh, you know, he he lit up Shaq Thompson. Um, and, it, you know, Thompson didn't have a very good day. Pro Football Focus had it. I think he was like the 77th best or worst, however you it want was, to word that. It was like he... Linebacker. It was pretty bad. Gave up 11 completions on 11 targets and... 
lot of yards. Yeah, and you know that that's why we didn't see much from Seymour's because Brady didn't really because Brady was so afraid of him he didn't throw in his direction. <laughs> Because he's so good, yeah. Because um, he's so good, yeah. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, uh, because I'm sure you would appreciate that. Uh, Thank you. We're probably screwed if Kurt Coleman can't come back within four to five weeks. Um, you know, over the next month, we have five games because we do have the the Sunday afternoon and then Thursday night in the same week. Um we have Detroit, we have Philadelphia, we have um, Atlanta, um, Tampa Bay, Chicago and Chicago. The third one. So, you know, Chicago probably doesn't really count because they don't really know what they're doing. But <laughs> And John Fox um, is their coach, which I guess is kind of – And John Fox is their coach. So, yeah. So, but two of our next five games are, are uh, division games. And – Coleman may or may not be back by the time we play Atlanta. Atlanta's the last game of this quintet of games that matter. And we're going to have to have him back because if not, it's, it's going to be pretty bad. Um, I, I don't have a, I have a lot of, of an opinion on Demetrius Cox. I thought he played well, given the fact that, you know, it's in the middle of the second quarter and he's told, Hey, you're in. Um, and it was Tom Brady. Um, but when he got hurt in the fourth quarter and we had to put Colin Jones in the game, it's no coincidence that, that Tom Brady, you know, threw a touchdown pass like two oh, seconds God, later. Oh, and, um, you know, I, I think Colin Jones is a good special teamer. I think he's a good gunner. I think he's very fast. He's very, you know, he's sneaky fast. He probably studies a lot of film. Um, a lot of punt coverage film. <laughs> You know, he watches a lot first of coverage film. First, first one, one on, on the, the field, field, last one off of it. Um, you know, he's a hard worker. He's a hustler. Um, but he's not a, a good student safety. of the game. He's a student of the game. He's like a teacher on the field. Um, a coach on the field, actually. Coach is on how the that field. line goes. I'm sorry. I'm a bad <laughs> scout. Um, you know, he's a coach on the field. He's a teacher in the locker room. Um, you know, all those things that you say about white dbs but <laughs> white players um, white players in general yeah um i mean he he looks just like christian mccaffrey um <laughs> you know you can't really tell him apart um, i thought we had christian mccaffrey in on safety on that play i was confused yeah i know yeah it's crazy but um you know colin jones isn't a very good safety and he's the third backup for a reason and with with kurt coleman out we really, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but we are, we need Demetrius Cox to be healthy. Um, and we probably need to take a look at Desmond Southward on the practice squad and bring him up for a week just to be, you know, to be safe. We could send Brian Cox back to the practice squad because we didn't use them after um, yeah, since Peppers we played. thought Julius Peppers was going to be hurt. But um, we need safety depth and we need safety veteran depth because Kirk Coleman not only is he one of our better players he, you know he's a veteran leader and Mike Adams while he has the veteran part down you know he's not really a locker room leader because he's only been here a couple of months uh, and plus Mike Adams is like what is he 87 he's, years he's old something like that really out of I touch. think he's 94 he's probably really out yeah, of 94 yeah yeah That's so cell phones are. um yeah. kids into your skateboards <laughs> <laughs> 
think that's a, words Mike Adams has probably said several times through the season so far. <laughs> you kids and your memes, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> The thing is, uh, the, the only thing, not to be a Debbie Downer, which is not normally my thing. If anything, I normally get criticized for being too positive all the time. Um, definitely. Okay, and then um, is that the Patriots' defense is really, really bad. And I get that, you know, it's like, oh, you got to take advantage of the opportunities they give you. And that bus coverage is happening and stuff. The busted coverages that New England was, was – were uh, experiencing where things were like Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches in two out of two passing plays in a row were not covered for any point in the passing play. Like from snap until catch, not a single defender even acknowledged on field. And that's not something that happens very often. Yeah, I still can't get over how wide open Kelvin Benjamin was on that almost touchdown yeah. play. I mean, he, he showed it, and it's like, how, how do you lose a six-five, two hundred fifty-pound wide receiver? Like, how do you do that? Like, they snapped the ball, and I don't remember who else was yeah. with them, but they ran like a crossing route to anything in our offense, and they both chased the crossing route away. And Kelvin Benjamin just like, hey, look at me. Nobody's on this side of the field. Kelvin Benjamin had another catch where he he essentially like just kind of turned backpedaled and just kind of walked out to a spot and stood there wide open for Cam to throw it to. And at no point in him yeah. walking out to the middle of the field did anybody think, like, oh, man, we should maybe cover that guy. Nobody's over there. But nope, let it go. Yeah. He, he was so open, I, I honestly fully expected him to drop it. <laughs> That's how open he was. Like, this is too good to be true, and they know he's going to drop it. That's, like... But, you know, with Kelvin, I have to say this, and I, I mentioned this in the Monday Morning Optimist column, but Kelvin, I know you're listening, so, you know, listen to this part. You are six foot five, you weigh 245 pounds. When you are wide open and you have a full head team and you're running towards a 5'10, 5'11, 180 pound, you know, corner or safety, don't try to dance around him, run over him. There is no reason why he should not have scored a touchdown on that play. You can't get beat by a smaller-than-you defensive back when you have a full five or six yards of open running room to build up momentum. Just run him over. He suffers from – that's the Mike Tolbert effect where you well, your, the defender by 60 pounds and you decide we're going to sidestep this guy with my sweet juke moves and fall. Well, hold yeah. on. So, so – I'm a tall person, um, and people wonder why tall people have knee problems. And it's not because we're tall. It's because people go for our knees all the time. Just in everyday life. I and experience it. I, I experienced it walking into my house today. Neighbors dove at my knees. I, I, <laughs> I, like, people I work with will just decide to randomly kick me in the exactly. knee because I'm so tall. And it's like, you know, I, I, it's I probably can not because like, you're tall, Brian. It's because he's tall. It, I experience it as well. People, people are always trying to cut you down. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like you're a beanstalk, mm. and they're trying to cut you down. So I can understand why Kelvin might avoid that, especially after last week um, with his knee. But, you know, it's it's tough for us tall people when people are diving at our knees because that, that's barely within our field of vision to begin with, you know? Like, it's tough. It's tough, man. I'm just, I just want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Did you guys think? How did you? What did you think of uh, Devin Funchess' performance while we're talking about the wide receivers? 
He's a boss. I was very impressed. I was also impressed. I, ready to- I was hard on him last week, and I take it back. I was very I'm impressed. I'm not going to take it back. I will not, I'm not ready to amend my Funches isn't good take yet, but he was good on Sunday. So he gets credit for that. And he has moved the needle closer to the neutral range. So we'll One thing that impressed me that he did, and I made mention of this again in the MMO, and I'm going to keep promoting myself because the two of you. Oh won't my do it. god! Let's, let's just go ahead and um, read your column while we're in this in this podcast. Yeah, somebody, somebody, yeah, somebody's got to promote. Um, but you know, in the fourth quarter, we we were trying to um, you know run clock. We were trying to get into field goal range. We were trying to you know win the game. At least I think that's what we were trying to do. Um, but it's. It's first down. Funches makes a play. He's hurt. He hobbles off the field. Second down play happens. Third down comes up. He comes back on the field visibly injured. Like you can see him limping and not able to do anything. And he gets the first down and keeps the chains moving. And to me, that, that was the best thing he did all day. And I know he had a, he had two touchdowns and he had a lot of catches. He had like seven catches, something like that. But that one play to me was was the best thing he did all day. That scared so much. We're like, my brother and I watching the game, and Devin Funches goes hobbling on the field, like, no, 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 do not do that. You are a, you are a vulnerability out there if you can't move. But if Bayham, yeah, I was I thought he was he's like you're gonna go out there, and I what I said before the play was like, Funches is gonna go out there, he's gonna run a route, and he's gonna cut, and he's gonna cramp up and fall over, and Chan's gonna throw it straight to the defender, and you can pick six. Yeah, that I I wouldn't have been shocked. I, was, if that I, I, I I was set that was going to happen to some extent, but the opposite happened. So before before I respond to BW's question, I just want to make sure I just want to clarify something real quick. So when you say we, are you talking about the Panthers or are you talking about the BW MMO brand here? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um no, I mean, Funch just really showed me that he is somebody that Cam Newton can depend on. Like, that's ultimately, a, that's a really big deal without Greg Olson being out there. Because Olson was always Cam's security blanket. Like, who did he look for, the, for on fourth down? Who did he look for for that big completion on third and long? It was always it was always Greg Olson. Like, Kelvin Benjamin's in there for him, sure. But Cam generally tended to inch more towards Olsen because he was a proven commodity. And now that Olsen's not there, it seems like Funches is the guy that he's willing to take a chance on down the field. Um, and I think one of the best plays that Funches made that not a lot of people are talking about is that play down the field where he got open and Cam threw the ball down the field, but the defender almost intercepted it, and Funches managed to get his hand on it and knock the ball away. Yes, that was like yeah. he's learning the game. He is learning the game. He's and he's still yeah. young. He's still like what twenty four something like that. I think he's adult. You know, I think maybe. Yeah, he might, actually. I think he's twenty three now. That I think yeah. about it. Yeah, like he's learning the game, but he is coming into his own. And I think that he's somebody Cam can trust, and it's really good that he's there because it gives him a complimentary option to uh, Kelvin Benjamin, and he's got he's a lot. I, I I honestly think he's a better route runner than Kelvin Benjamin at this point in well, his career, which is do, shocking. I, I agree with that. It's not hard to do. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I mean, he's like, he has, like, the, the slants he's pretty good at. The bang eight is something he's run, he's won on several times. Um, you know, he just seems like his route running has really 
become more refined. We 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 were talking about this like a couple of years ago when Funches was drafted that he could become a better receiver technically as far as like the fundamentals go than Kelvin Benjamin, and it seems to be coming to fruition. Yeah, at least for the last at least last week it did for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I hope that – it's the same thing. I hope that it was a conf- we got a confidence builder against a really bad defense, and we keep seeing stuff like that moving forward. I'd feel a lot better about the Panthers now than I did after the Saints game. Like, despite the fact that I seem like I still have my reservations, which I do, about, you know, all, all this offensive success came against a team that is very discombobulated, but it's still really good for the team's swagger, and we still beat Tom Brady and the Patriots and Foxborough despite losing the turnover battle, which is a big deal. Yeah, uh, I I saw where I think it was both that posted on Twitter that this is the first time since 2006 that we've gone three straight games without forcing a turnover, mm-hmm. and we're still three and one. So, uh, you know that if we could figure out a way to to take the ball away from the other team, we could be that, even so better than we are. I, um, I think if we want to get some more turnovers, we should stop dropping the interceptions. That, that would be a good I idea. Mean, I think it would work. I mean, I'm not telling it for sure, but I think we'd have more turnovers if we just caught the interceptions instead of letting them hit the ground. I think we should try yeah, it. Yeah, it's worth a shot. I think we should give it a shot. I mean, it, it may or may not work. Between Stafford, Wentz, and Trubisky coming up, I mean, I don't know about Trubisky yet, but I'm assuming he's a rookie. I feel like there will be uh, interception opportunities aplenty in the next couple of weeks, so it's a good chance to practice. Well, I don't know about Wentz because he's apparently one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So He's got that big, thick frame that all good quarterbacks have. I don't yeah. know anything else about it, but that's all I need to see. Hashtag um, Wenzelmania. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I live in PA. I hear it all. I'm sure. How often do you listen to – do you ever listen to Sports Talk Radio up there? No, because I would just good piss idea. me off. Yeah. No, I have a few friends that are like – actual not shithead Eagles fans and they're pretty they're pretty conservative as far as the Eagles go but they're optimistic mainly because of the defense so where do you find these these friends you, you have not shithead Eagles fans friends and you have a Patriots fan friend that's not a mass hole uh team that idolizes them like they're gods what is what what do you where do you find these people I'm just you know I'm just I just I go See, in. I, mean, I, go into work, I go into work. <laughs> I go into work first, and I leave work last. You know, I'm a solid worker. I study the film. You know, are you sneaky I'm fast? A good, I'm sneaky fast. I'm a really a good barroom. I'm a really good barroom guy. You know, I'm. <laughs> I'm someone who teaches the new people who come along. You know, I just. You could call me the McCaffrey of Pennsylvania, if you will. Just the entire state. Just life in the state. Life in the state You're of Pennsylvania. That. That's me. That's I, I believe it. I'm a likable guy, you know? It's just I, I clearly attract, attract good friends of uh, good fans of other teams. Yep. No no bad fans here. It's a no bad fan zone. Usually what happens is if I talk to a shitty fan, I just make them feel even more shitty and then they, they leave pissed off. That's actually what usually happens. So Makes sense. I almost, the people I, that are like that are probably upset with comments about sports. Oh, I'm, I almost got into a fight one time at a bar because somebody tried to tell me that uh, that Stuart Bradley was a better linebacker than John Beeson. This is before John Beeson tore his Achilles, so I proceeded to light that guy up in front of like seven or eight of his friends, and he almost took a swing at me. So, 
It's kind of how, kind of how, how it goes. Up, you, you did to, by light up. Do you mean you just said like no? This verbally is lit him up. Better. Yeah, verbally yeah. lit him up. Yeah. People. Oh, Harrison Bucker, by the way, guys. Breaking news. Um, day after the fact, with his first career point. Yep. Just made an extra point. Oh, yeah, God. as of this recording, he has one point in his career. Um, but yeah, I, I, it takes. I feel like it takes a special kind of person to get in a, a physical altercation with somebody because you don't like the same sports teams. That blows my mind. You know, you, we you read you read all the time about like Dodgers fans and Giants fans and like they literally killed a guy, a guy in the parking lot because he was wearing a a different colored shirt than you that it's just it's crazy i mean i i don't give two shits who you root for i mean i don't care i it doesn't whatever you know i root for a certain group of five or six teams and if you don't like them then that's fine whatever i mean i'm i'm not going to i'm not going to punch you for it Especially i don't know i mean teams that, go, go ahead, ahead john okay no, you go ahead Okay, I was going to say, I mean, I kind of get it because I kind of want to punch you both in the face and interrupt me during my introduction so I can see how rooting for a different team. But that's not because we root for a certain team. Like, you want to punch me because I interrupt you, not because I root for, you know, Atlanta United or, you know, Arsenal or whatever. Actually, you probably should. But in the grand me. scheme of things, I mean, it's no, not all that different. For... I mean, I wouldn't murder you. I'd just, like, knock a couple teeth out, you know? I so I get it. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say. kill someone over that. But you know. Yeah. I, anyway. I, I, yeah. I forgot what I was going to say about that. Now. That's why I wanted so you to go first because I knew you'd forget. <laughs> oh, you know, you, you, you know me so well. I do. We've been we've been on this for what, like fifteen episodes or so now. Uh, I, I've learned. I don't think it's I'm, that many yet, but we're getting there. Approaching the big one five. The big yeah, one five. The an, an anniversary of sorts. I don't know. I have no idea what episode number this is. I don't number them. I just. I wish them. that we had we had made a celebration for uh, the episode eleven in remembrance of Brenton Burson. So I mean, I don't think we've gotten there, there yet. To be honest, I don't think we've made it to eleven. We've gotten to eleven. There's no way. We've already we had four I episodes think, in the last two weeks. Yeah, we've been doing two a week since the season or the last couple of weeks, and yeah, we're probably around like ten or eleven right now. Hang on, I'll tell you how many we've done. I swear done. to God, if we're at episode 11. This is electric radio right now. <laughs> My heart is racing. <laughs> All right, let's see. You play some Jeopardy music over this. This is the 13th episode. Ooh, we just missed it. Isn't that Armani Edwards number? It was not. No, no he was bad fan. Bad fan. I'm sorry. He's also number 10. You won't forget that. <laughs> he had, yeah, he, he was number 10. <laughs> oh, he had two man. numbers. You know you're a good player when you have two numbers for a team. Yeah. Just like just like with Eric Kroon, when he gets assigned, it's like, all right, we're going to sign you the, to, the, uh, to the roster for the preseason, and we're going to give you the same number as our rookie second-round pick. Well, <laughs> This, this tells me all I need to know about how what they think my chances are to make the team. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to give you a number that we know will be taken, but we don't really care. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we're getting to the uh, half-hour mark, so any lasting or closing remarks, John? Um, 
Cam Newton's 2-0 against Tom Brady. That's really fun. Um, we have tied for the best record in the NFC. Potentially best record in the NFL. I'm not just listening, but you're listening to this. Uh, stuff looks okay. I think we'll be okay. What about you, Brad? Go Panthers. The Panthers wow. beat so Tom hard. Brady. Oh, God. Tom Brady. <laughs> It's no, and I'm more serious. Time. No, I think we'll know more about what we are after next week because I think Detroit is pretty good. And I think if we can beat them and then beat Philadelphia on a short week, I think we'll know, you know, we'll know what we've got. If we're um, five and one or four and two after the Eagles game, I think we should feel good about ourselves. Why you got to be spilling segments from our from our next podcast, bro? Like, I'm encouraging people to tune in and listen in the future. Oh, oh they're going to talk about the Lions and the Eagles. Maybe I'll I'll listen. I'm so excited to talk about Tony Brown. Brad's just Brad's just trying to expand his brand. That's all it is. Like, Read the Monday Morning Optimist. <laughs> but you guys yeah, know we get Tony Romo for the Thursday night game, right? Oh, that's all right. Fun. He can football uh, I can't wait to have everything over-explained to me and to hear Seriously. Tony Romo shouting into the, the <laughs> camera, give me the other angle! Give me the other <laughs> angle! So you, you hopped off the Tony Romo bandwagon. Yeah, I'm off the bandwagon. After, after he started shouting it at the camera guy to give him the other angle, like, calm down. It, G- we, Jim Nance is like, and then, then the uh, and the Eagles break the huddle, and it's like, oh, that Mike linebacker showing blitz. They got a double-A guy blitz going. You go, oh, the motion, running back's going on motion outside. Maybe he's going to run an option. It's like, okay, why is Jim even there? Just just yelling everything you see. Yeah. It's, it's, not even like, it's not even that he just like says what he's thinking. He yells every thought that pops into his head, no matter what is going on or whether or not Jim Nance is talking. Kind of sounds like you. Hey. Just kidding. Hey. Except I don't yell. I just I just talk whenever. Well, we're pretty sure you've been screaming the entire time since you had issues with your mic early on. So... I'm assuming you're just screaming into the mic. Yeah, my roommate's downstairs. So what is he yelling about? Every time <laughs> well, anyway, uh, this is the fourth and short podcast. Like I said, joined by John and Brad. And definitely support Brad's brand and the MMO, the Monday Morning Optimist, if you don't know what that stands for. Um, we will catch you here in a few days to talk about the Panthers playing the Lions. Hopefully that turns out to be a win. But you guys have a great night. And, uh... We'll talk to you soon. See you later. Later.